today I feel like a student again. Why is that? You know why, Jen. <laughs> it's a Monday morning as we record this, and I am slightly hungover. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, that's your own fault, to be honest. Uh, my fault? Jem is one of those people, ladies and gentlemen, that will slip in the doubles. <laughs> <laughs> Behave yourselves, audience members. <laughs> that is not what I meant, filthy-minded. <laughs> I meant the spirits. The double spirits. The double shots. It was Wayne's birthday last week. And um, yes, so happy we uh, birthday. Happy yeah, birthday, thank Wayne. You. Thank you. <laughs> so we went out last night on a Sunday night, which was a bit of a rarity because everywhere was empty. So we basically had the bar to ourselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like heaving with people. Yeah. And, and tumbleweeds. <laughs> but we had a very good night. We did. And we ended the night with some filthy chicken. And some negotiation. We we utilised those entrepreneurial skills. And we negotiated our chicken wings. It was mm. the last chicken wing left in the... Uh, he was about to close. And he so was only going to be thrown mate, away. We'll take them off your hands for a good price. And we went to bed. Chicken in our bellies. Happy mm. people. Not together. No. Separately. No. There was no doubles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we should probably get on with the episode. Yes, we should. <laughs> So, this is episode 24 of the Powerful Nonsense podcast. I am Wayne Ingram, actor, and sat to my right is... It's Jem Yildiz. Cool. Yeah. I don't really like to give myself titles, because I'm just like a rebel like that, so I just... Rebel, I'm rebel. I'm just Jem. That's it. Jem. That's it, Not even Yildiz, just Jem. Just Jem. Just Jem. So, anyway, today we are talking about something which Jem clearly suffers from. Yep, definitely. As he's proven this morning, ironically. Um, we're talking about perfectionism and... Specifically speaking, perfection paralysis. Um, <clears throat> the idea being that you don't start or produce anything because you're waiting for perfection. That perfect moment, just to put it out in its perfect form. Absolutely. And we spent a good probably 20 minutes yeah. before we recorded And I was episode. saying to you, I don't really suffer from perfection paralysis. And then we spent ages trying to get this little squealing sound out of the podcast. But and there's me going, Jem. Let's just go. Nobody's going to hear it. Well, if we get complaints, I'm going to blame you. Well, so. now that you've highlighted it to everyone, now they're probably going to hear it because they're going to be listening for it, aren't they? Anyway, the first quote of the episode <laughs> is... <laughs> Go ahead. The um, beginning quote. quote is as follows. Have no fear of perfection. You will never reach it. And that's by Salvador Dali. And I like that because I think for an artist especially, that's like really powerful because it must be so difficult. I think like when an artist does a painting, even when I was doing art at school... You never thought it was finished. Like you would mm. just do it. Like I don't think an artist ever finishes a painting and says, "Okay, this is now perfect." They just kind of accept that this is where the best I can get it to, and I'm just going to put it out there mm-hmm. and let other people judge whether it's perfect or not. Or just the point of now it's such fine detail that I'm wasting time, and people aren't going to see it if I carry on exactly doing it to that to that extent. And the same is with any like theatre shows that I've produced in the past. It's always been like, oh, if only we had like two more weeks, the show could be so much better. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, let's talk about then. Let's go to the beginning of the story mm-hmm. as such. I did air quotes then, just in case. He's a cool kind of guy. Yeah. 
beginning, air quotes. Mm-hmm. How do you do air quotes? Don't worry about it. Perfection paralysis. Let's just, not, let's just move so, on. Beginning, air quotes, of the story. So, where do... What is the cause of this perfectionism thing, do we think? Um... I think it's a it's a mixture of things, really. I think it comes down to probably your education, your upbringing. <clears throat> I'm sure the media has a massive deal to do with it, but I think mainly it's like, as we as we will say, like we spend so much of our time in education, and education is on is based on the fact that you have to the the more perfect you are in your education, mm-hmm. the higher grades you get, mm-hmm. or the better the grade you get. So mm-hmm. a a star is. You put you aced this exam. That was perfect. You are a perfect student. Or rather, you wrote the perfect essay. Yeah, in the exact way that we told you to write it, <laughs> yeah. or we expected you to write it. And so that's that's how that's the kind of mindset people have now. It's kind of like if I deliver perfection, then I either get the highest grade or I get the best job. I've got mm-hmm. to be the more perfect I am, the more successful I am. And then that goes into the the home as well. Like your mm-hmm. parents are wanting you to be perfect. They're going to kind of look at what somebody else oh you got a c or thingy's daughter got an a or and so your parents kind of want you to be perfect because that that looks good for them and mm-hmm. they says oh my daughters are perfect or my son's a perfect uh, child look he's got the top grades or he's got the the job that people associate with being successful and so yeah and what, 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 do, you, what do you think um yeah i'm i'm kind of in agreement i mean if you uh, just take education for for example um quite often my observation has been that these days it's no longer about what you write in the essay it's about how you structure it mm-hmm. um as an example my ex-girlfriend her sister sat an exam and answered the wrong question mm-hmm. and still got an a star how does that work because the wrong question that she answered was structured in such a good way and was perfectly structured mm-hmm. that they gave a top mark in my opinion if you answer the wrong question that is a <laughs> fundamental fail right <laughs> it's like you're not even answering the right question let alone <laughs> like anything else like you've failed at the first hurdle Definitely. in my opinion um that might be harsh i'm sorry guys if any of you out there have answered the wrong question and <laughs> before but it the point the point is is it's n- it's not about the knowledge that you have or the application of that knowledge it's about present it to me in the way that we have laid out x y and z like perfect and discipline like absolutely. systemized it you did every sort of cog in the right well mm-hmm. each point you did the right thing that you were supposed to do exactly and i look at it as a as a creative and i just think if you are striving to do something in a perfect way you're going to do nothing creative mm-hmm. at all it will be stale it will be <clears throat> clinical it will be fundamentally textbook that it will not stand out from the crowd. But but then do you think that's why people love to kind of go looking for books? So they people go look for the book that tells you how to start a business or the book that tells you how to write a screenplay. And people love. It's like we are our society sort of really love systematic ways of things. Uh, yeah. It's like they love the model of how to be successful. Yeah, because it means we don't have to think about what we're doing. We just kind of go. Well, this is how. This is the structure that I do. And by fo- if I follow this, I will therefore be successful because this is the perfect structure. And that as a concept is fundamentally flawed. It's that same thing that people throw out all the time. If you do what 95% of people do, you'll only ever be as good as the 95% of people that mm-hmm. aren't 
as successful or stand out from the crowd. What you need to be doing is doing what the 95% of people aren't doing, Mm -hmm. because that's where the success is, because then you're offering something that 95% of people can't offer. Um, So, so yeah, that, that is... And um, what do you think are sort of like, like, I know we've got some points here of what the common reasons or common things that people say. So I thought we'd start with number one, which you wrote down. And that is that a lot of people, when they're starting, whatever it is, whether it's business, creating an idea, creating art, is just like, I don't know enough yet. Like, I don't know enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, yeah, why do you think that is? Why, and is it because, we, like we say, we go back to education. Mm-hmm. It's like, the more you know, the more likely you are going to be perfect or you're going to get the higher grade. I think it's about balance, really, um, because you are the same as me. You like to read up on stuff. You like to research stuff. Um, and, and obviously, we everybody does that in different ways. But the th- the thing is, is that um, if you spend so much time reading and studying and researching and whatever, I've actually found that for me, if I spend too much time doing it it is actually going to be a case of I get so overwhelmed by all this information and knowledge that the task that could have been really simple has become so huge because I'm now, I've now got seven different angles that I can attack it from and I'm having to dilute it down and kind of go, right, well, which one, which angle am I going to take? Because I've got contradicting views here. Mm-hmm. And, and so in the end, the, it becomes such a humongous task that this tiny thing that could have been a great idea, I just kind of go, do you know what? I really can't be bothered anymore. It's too much effort. I think that's what probably a lot of young people think as well, because you think, oh, I want to create, I don't know, a product or something. And then you start looking into, okay, so I've got to look into product creation. Then I've got to look into um, how do I get a designer? Then I've got to look into like, what's the laws of me starting a business? And Mm -hmm. by the time you start researching, you start looking at everything, like literally you talk yourself out of it because you've got so much input that you're just like, okay, now I've made what I thought was going to be a cool idea or an idea in my mind, which I was just going to just create. I now know that there's a hundred other steps around it and that just is scary and puts people off. Mm-hmm. It's like blessing last week. He didn't have to figure out how to do a, a, like a cleaning business. He just jumped straight in and said, I'm going to yeah. create the cleaning business. And he didn't, and then as it, and then, then he sort of gained information once he'd already started, he was like, Oh, now I need to set up a company now to get mm-hmm. an account. And, and so that's what I think is, is one of the major reasons why people get paralysis. But like you say, I think you do need to do the reading. You need to do the research around stuff just so you can, because people say like you need to know your craft and and, and then you hone your craft. Like you need to know how to set out a script. But you should always, the way I look at it is you should always look at the basics first and go, right, I need to know the basics. Once I've known, once I know the basics, I can learn the rest later. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, when I learned to play the drums years ago, like, I didn't have that many lessons because once you've got the basics of playing the drums, the rest of it is experimentation. Mm -hmm. The basics of the drums is sticking to the rhythm. That's it. So long as you stick to that rhythm, the rest should work. Um, So then it's just a case of playing about with speed and playing about with tempo and just trying out different things on, like if I hit this drum with this drum, how does it sound And, and experimenting with that in that sense so it's all like knowing the framework of like just knowing the technique first and then you can kind of then you can go out and kind of experiment yeah absolutely and uh you know it could be very very easy to have drum lessons for five years and still be just as good as somebody that only had uh you know 10 lessons 
because they went and experimented and they came up with their own techniques. And yeah, okay, to a degree, it may not be technically sound, mm-hmm. but so long as it produces what it's supposed to produce mm-hmm. in a correct way, correct air quotes, guys, <laughs> correct air quotes way, um, then it doesn't matter. And I kind of feel like setting up a business, for example, or creating a product is the same thing to a degree. It's a case of, so long as it does what I need it to do, Mm -hmm. and does it well, and, you know, produces what the customer wants, then everything else is is extra. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Another thing, like, I mean... I think nowadays more than ever, like, especially for young people who are kind of going out of, coming out of like, um, I mean, we were talking to one of your friends yesterday and it's kind of like, we want more and more information, like we want more information. It's like, we're more absorbed with the information. Like we don't, as a young person, you don't feel you're good enough. I don't know whether that just continues where you never feel you're good enough. Like Mm -hmm. a young person won't go in for a role or won't go and create a business because we kind of like, well, it's like, oh, let's get another degree or let's go, um, I need to get some more experience before I try for that. Like, why do you think people kind of, we kind of always feel like downvalue ourselves in a way? That is a really good question. Um, it's like we always kind of naturally put ourselves on the back foot or we kind of purposely, in a way, sabotage ourselves and feel really, like, I don't know, we just always undervalue ourselves. I mean, I think there are, I think there are so many factors to this that it'd be hard to to pinpoint it down. But I mean, a, a lot of it will be external pressures, and a lot of it, I think as well, is the fact that <clears throat> so many people are perceived by the media as overnight successes. Mm-hmm. That was more air quotes. Stop with the air quotes. I've, I've got to stop these air quotes, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, these overnight successes that uh, that happen—they don't happen overnight at all. They happen from years and years and years of hard work. Um, a friend of mine we've been having a conversation recently, and she's been saying like, "I look around at all of the people that are in my industry, or all of my friends, or all the people that I trained with, and whatever." And they seem to be getting it so easy and all of these opportunities seem to be coming their way. And I said, yeah, but that's because you're not seeing all of the rest of the stuff that's going on. Because the only stuff that they're posting on Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus or anything is the stuff that they want the world to see. Mm-hmm. And they want the world to see that you know, they're hanging out with the stars or they're working on a really great project that everybody's going to go, oh yeah, well done, well done. Because mm-hmm. it makes them feel good and it's it's all about ego. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think the issue is then that we're going, well, if they're getting it so easy, I'm doing something wrong. So therefore, I'm not. I'm not good enough, so therefore I need to read more, I need to do this, I need to do that, and so I need to work really, really hard to get that good. Mm-hmm. It's like, they might not even be as good as you. Yeah. Th- they may have just been in the right place at the right time, or know the right person who's got them in through a door, or they may even, you know, to not be crude, they might even just be shagging their way to the top. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's a possibility as well. But 
that's not the stuff that you see. Therefore, you shouldn't be comparing your ability to everybody else because by doing that, you are going to undervalue yourself because automatically you're going, if you were in a position of, I could provide X value, and you're going, but actually the same person that I trained with that did once provide X value is now doing this, which is so much better than what I'm doing. Therefore, if they were providing X value, I must be providing X value minus three. Mm-hmm. because I'm not at the level that they're at. And that's not strictly true. It's sort of like we said before on the old episode about that comparison trap. It's like mm, when you when you sort of keep comparing yourself to what you're, what's put out there, especially in the media, like when you look at business successes, like who are doing really great in business, like you do just see the best parts. You never see the bit where they were broken or yeah, it's kind absolutely. of... I mean, it's, I think it's getting more popular now, especially now that people are... It's, it's that whole buzzword of all transparency and it's mm-hmm. now people are realizing now actually people actually connect with the part when you tell mm-hmm. how bad it was before it was really let's just say okay you just came out of the woodwork out of nowhere yeah you just put it together overnight and that's it. it blew up and was a massive success but that is a result of um the fact that everybody's got a highlight reel mm-hmm. it's it's the thing same thing again of if you do what 95% of the people do, you're only going to be as successful as 95% of the people. 95% of the people are saying, look how perfect my life is. The ones that are really going to stand out are the 5% of people that are going, look how shit my life's been, but look where I am now. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what that's part of what we wanted to discuss. It's like that people get so hung up on like creating something that's perfect or doing something in a way that's perfect that actually they need to realize that what they are doing well when they do just put something out there they are like adding to that story it's kind of like you say that five percent of people say that the crap stuff they went through say when they were broke say they share i've shared on my blog like days when you just feel like don't they don't want to do anything and you're feeling bad and you think other oh, worlds against you but then when you when you've got that inside you and then something good comes out of it that's your story because then you can share that with people and people are going to connect with you and say oh that's realistic now because Mm -hmm. i felt like that but you got that and that's that makes that other person think oh wow i could have that success i'm not saying we're successful in any way this is part of our journey the fact that we do this podcast it's it's funny that we do it like in a way i find it hilarious like Mm. we're putting out a podcast people we have we aren't successful i don't know what success we, we state it as but it's just like this is just part of the journey, and mm-hmm. the podcast isn't always perfect. No, but it's part of <laughs> it's some awful. <laughs> yeah, and in terms of like sound quality and all that sort of stuff, and even even little five minute chunks where yeah, we <laughs> just back to it, be like, what was I even saying? Like now, when we just go off on a tangent, but it's just that's just part of the journey. That's just and people need to like accept that. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There's there's one great because um, I was listening to someone shared it with me recently this week, and it was. Um, it's on this sort of topic and it was um, something Jim Carrey said in a uh, commencement speech. And I, would, I just wanted to quickly just share this quote because I think it really sort of um, kind of goes in with what we've just been saying. And he says, our eyes are not only viewers, but also projectors that are running a second story over the picture we see in front of us all the time. Fear is writing that script and the working title is I will never be enough. And I think for that, that's exactly what we're kind of saying there is that when you start sort of like... Um, comparing yourself to other people or you start reading into stuff too much and what you're actually doing is you're you're just adding to that projector like you're creating all the reasons why you're you're not going to be able to do something it's like and i just think yeah you've got to kind of be careful what you're what you're taking in around you that's going to kind of hold you back like that's if you keep adding so much knowledge or you keep comparing yourself to other people your projector is going to be there saying you are never going to be up to that standard like you're not going to be able to do it and so 
I think like one of the important things I think we spoke about it back in another podcast as well is like stay in naive because if you stay in naive your projector is kind of like mm-hmm. very dim and you can still see through what's actually real. Yeah. What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in in complete agreement. I mean, I look at um at, at my my career as an actor and the fact that really, despite being in being in the industry air quotes <laughs> for. <laughs> Uh, for you know three years and I've actually in my my acting career has really only just begun like I've been in the industry for three years I only got my agent six months ago mm-hmm. um, and you know the amount of projects that I've done haven't increased in budget or scale or uh, uh, profile or anything like that and the amount of projects that I'm doing hasn't really increased either. Um, and, and I think the main reason for that is that quite often I was going to uh, apply for auditions and, and finding reasons why I shouldn't do a project. Because, you know, oh, well, I don't have that skill. Or, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've got blue eyes rather than brown eyes and this, that and the other. And, and now I've kind of gone complete turnaround and it's like, well, it does. It doesn't matter. Like, and it's kind of something that my agent's done as well. She's sent me an email and said, "I've put you up for this project. Um, I mean, you don't really fit it, and they are looking for someone that's famous, but it's worth a shot." Yeah, just like why not? And like to having that attitude in, in anything, I think is is so much healthier because then you do get a pleasant surprise every now and then, and they go, "Actually, that's really interesting." I hadn't thought of it that way. Let's bring him in. Um, and, you know, most of the time it doesn't work because they know what they're looking for. But then there will be the odd occasion where you do take someone by surprise and it's like, oh, yeah, why not? And if, if you put that that perception of, well, I can't, I can't do it, then you're not going to take the shot. And... Uh, to quote Jim Carrey's commencement speech again, and this is also a quote that's been put out by my production company today on their uh, Twitter feed, so have a look at that. Um, yeah, it, it, it's that you are gun- you can still fail at what you don't want, so why not take a chance on what you do want? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do recommend that everybody listens to that commencement speech. It has it gone viral, as you've probably seen it already. If you haven't clicked on it to watch it, watch it. Because I didn't. I took a few days to watch it, and it was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just think it's so easy for people to go, "Well, I'm not good enough." Um, I think a key word you said there is perception. It is so much about perception. It's like you need to just reframe it in a way that's productive for you. Like, stop saying, oh, well, if I create, I don't know, if I create this, who's going to want to buy it? Like, just say, well, this person's going to want to buy it. Just, you have to flip it on its head. And I think you have to understand that the kind of projections or the kind of facts that you're feeding yourself are only what you've made up. You've Mm -hmm. said to yourself, like you said to yourself that that role that I went for is not for me. But then you've just said that you've gone to stuff and the person said, actually, you might be all right for this. And you've just changed their, you've, Mm -hmm. you've changed what the fact was initially of what they wanted. Yeah. Well, actually I've got an example from, because I, I am a big geek to anybody that hasn't realized. He's a geek. I'm in his room. He's a geek. I am a geek. And uh, there was a project that came up that, um, that came up on on my list of 
projects that are, they're looking for actors for. And it was a sci-fi project. So I was like, oh my god, sci-fi <laughs> project. There was only one character that I was even the right age for. Um, and it was just not the sort of character that I would usually play at all. Like, I was not right for the role. And I sent them a message. I was like, this is a sci-fi film. I don't get many opportunities to delve into sci-fi at, this, at the level that I'm at. So I'm just going to go for it. So I sent them an email. just said, uh, yeah, I'd love to work on a sci-fi film with you guys. Uh, here's my stuff. And to my surprise, they offered me an audition. I ultimately didn't get the role because, guess what? It wasn't what they were looking for. Uh, but they offered me an audition because they clearly saw that there was a potential that I could deliver it in a uh, in a way they hadn't thought of. And they even said to me, after the audition, they said, uh, what you gave us was interesting mm-hmm. and different, but it wasn't what we were looking for. But as I'm saying, though, you wouldn't even had that chance to go there and make that connection or just try out an audition in mm-hmm. sci-fi. And but how did you how did you kind of build that mentality, though? Because I think acting is it like applies. I think it's one of the toughest ones, Absolutely. but it applies to everything, especially entrepreneurship, because you you're you literally when you're an actor, you're putting yourself out there like yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah, you are the product. So you're not actually creating something and then your product gets ripped mm-hmm. and it still hurts you. But you are actually the product that you're putting out there. Yeah. Um in all honesty, that as an example, um, it was more that <laughs> it wasn't more that I went, I'm not right for this, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> it was more I went, oh, sci fi? Yeah, I cannot not Screw do this. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth taking the chance, why not? And uh, worst case scenario is they're gonna turn around and say, no, you're not what we're looking for. Which is ultimately what they did, but they know my face now. Yeah, I think they, they probably saw through when they, you got in touch, even though you knew that it wasn't for them, just to say, look, but I want the chance. That shows hunger. Like That shows, mm-hmm. look, this guy knows we don't want this kind of thing, but he really wants to be in this film, or he really wants to like, get noticed through sci-fi and stuff like that. And I think it's like, mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing to do, really. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, let's see what we can uh, get on to next. Are you any, any suggestions? There is one thing that I, I think I've already told you I wanted to discuss about this. Yeah, because um, we have our show notes. Yeah, and there was one thing you put on here that I I didn't agree with. Go on in. Which was, uh, you put that no one actually cares as much as you think that they do. Um, which, to a degree, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Because quite often you can get into the whole frame of mind of, um, you know, but what if people think this and what if people think that and and whatever, and that can haunt you. However, there are some things where I think it is it is worth really taking the time. And the example I'll use mm-hmm. is a website. Because when I was hunting for agents or when I'm looking for, you know, people that I want to use in a project or whatever, one of the first things I do is look at their website. If their website looks substandard, mm-hmm. I automatically have the and probably wrongly mm-hmm. have the perception that they're not serious about what they do. Because I understand, and this is from my own perceptions, and this is the problem. Yeah. Because I understand how important a website is these days. Yeah. Because my view is if you're not online, you don't exist. <laughs> um, and and that's, that's an ignorant view in many respects, but it's, it's kind of the way the world's working these days. So because I know how important a website is these days, I will judge someone on their website very quickly. Um, 
like my sister, for example, is setting up a website using one of the free um, mm-hmm. website hosts and, and builders and whatever. And when she told me that, I was like, please don't. And yeah. she got a little bit upset with me because she'd worked very hard on it. Yeah. And I was like, please don't, because I've never seen a website done like that that looks good. Yeah. And that's going to put people off. Um, I, yeah, I, I, just wonder I, what I, I totally disagree. Like, I, I totally disagree with what you say. That I think it's, for me, I see it as, it's, if your sister... It's that's a the... flawed view, I will admit. Yeah. It's a very flawed view for me to have. But I think... I can't be the only person. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand what you're saying, but then you, you have a certain standard. But if that means you're not the customer, like if there's somebody who needs a photographer, I know your sister does photography, and they want a photographer in their area, and she has a website that says this person is a photographer, by being in the game, even if it's with a crap website, you're in the game rather than saying, well, I'm just going to wait till I have enough money to be able to afford to get a half-decent one or find someone who can create me a half-decent one. I just think... But you can but you can get it out there if it's got if it's got what your goods are your product if it's got it there just have it and then you're going to always build up like fair enough you might not get you as a customer but there's someone who says well this product's great for me at this time and if it delivers then I don't care what the website is. I mean Amazon's not pretty no it's not but they sell loads of stuff because the it's, it's so efficient in how they do it you get the product fast and there's loads of products mm-hmm. on there and you usually get them cheaper than in the shops it's not pretty one bit eBay is not pretty none of these sites are like look that great it's just that they what they do is they do it well and that's the same with like i think food products and stuff like that or any sort of product it doesn't have to look perfect i mean look at levi roots of his reggae sauce it the bottle initially he used to make it himself at home and mm-hmm. pack it and put like his own graphic sticker over it mm-hmm. but it sold because what was inside was bloody good it tasted really good or did it sell because he was on dragon's den well that as well initially but that obviously gave him much more and it gave him the the budget but if he didn't even have but the confidence to but start, I don't think I don't think to have a good website you need a budget. Yeah, but a lot of people don't maybe don't know that. I think to be a lot of people, like you say, if you don't have a website, you're not available. Maybe some people, it's like even for them to have a website at all is a massive step, and that's why I just think there's you, if you, as long as you start somewhere, you might not even have a website. You might send out bloody written letters to people but you're out yeah. there yeah i mean i mean i don't want to focus too much on the whole website mm-hmm. thing because it's not about whether or not you've got a website mm-hmm. the point is is the quality of what you're putting out there yeah should because people do judge a book by its cover yeah uh, against the old adage but people do and you know even if you are just putting flyers out there if your flyer looks like it's been done on paint, nobody <laughs> which is... Which some people actually which do. Which some people do. Yeah. Nobody yeah. is going to take you seriously. If your flyer looks yeah. like it's been typed up on Word, yeah. nobody's really going to take you all that seriously because they're probably going to think it's more likely just to be a, oh, we're having a party next door. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and I think that's that's the difference. I think... I I do think that it is worth investing that extra time and and as I said at the start of the episode it really is about balance because you can spend too much time um getting your flyer or your website or whatever it is you're putting out there to look perfect and it doesn't need to look perfect it just needs to look good mm-hmm. and I think I think it's it's very dangerous to get into a position too of of that's almost too uh for want of a better phrase hippie of if i put it out there it will do fine because it won't necessarily do fine um i think you you do have to to a degree say right i'm going to take the time to to make this good because if it's not good enough then it won't 
it won't get very far. Um, so I, I think it's I, I think that's what more what I'm trying to say is about balance. Yeah. Because if you've if going back to a website, if you if I go to your website and it looks like you've thrown it together in ten minutes, automatically the perception I have is whatever you do, you throw it together in ten minutes. That's yeah. what the automatic perception I have. If I go to a website, I mean my website's not perfect. My company's website isn't perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it gives that impression of somebody's taken the time to do this mm-hmm. um like even for, for, as an example my friend i set up my uh my actor's website mm-hmm. and you know yeah i spent a fair bit of money well i say a fair bit it probably only cost me about 30 quid in total to do it um but i set up my website and um my friend then said oh can you can you help me set up mine so that it, it kind of looks similar to yours because you know it, lo- it looks good and then he said to his friend, oh, my friend's going to set me up a website. And she said, oh, don't do that. Get someone to do it. Get someone properly to do it. And, and he went in. He went, no, no, look. I went on my website and she went, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Because it gave that impression of this is a good quality. This is quality that you're getting. And mm-hmm. this is somebody that's going to put in the effort. And that's the difference i think and that's kind of what i'm trying to say here i know what you're saying i just think like for somebody who's starting out like to to start anywhere really because if you've just got that website because you're going to build it up the one you create the first month is going to adapt in this in the second month in the third month i've seen like i was looking on anthony robbins um website recently and it's not a great looking website but we know the content underneath it is amazing so Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But the, con- but the content, it, it, this, I mean, this is where the balance comes in, and I don't want to focus too much on the yeah. website. I'm, I'm trying to focus as, I know, I know you're saying you've as got a collective have, of what you're putting out. It's got to be quality from, like, whatever your product is, it has to look quality, and if people see something... It, it kind yeah. of goes to the whole, and it's such a buzzword, and it's such a cliche, and I'm sorry for using it, but it goes back to the idea of brand. Because these days, we're in a brand-centric world, and... That if if you want to be known for putting out good quality stuff, every experience a customer or client or whoever has with you your brand should be quality. Mm-hmm. If you want to put out something a, a, a view that's like oh we just throw things together and see what happens, then that's your brand. That's fine. Yeah. But you're you're only going to collect the audience that want that as an experience. If people want quality. Your website, your flyers, your your letterheads, everything should scream quality. If they don't, you've let your brand down and your brand is incoherent and therefore it's not going to grow. And I think that's what we have to be aware of. Um, yeah, I've got a crazy <laughs> wow. rant there. Wow, that was a whole lot. But, that um, was a big rant. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like one of the things for people who start out is, like you say, like, um, I mean, one people people don't realise a lot of the time is that if you're always kind of waiting for perfection, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Yes. And time. Yes. And that's you just can't. And that's where the balance comes in because if 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 you're taking six months to build your website, you've taken too long. Mm-hmm. If you're taking six hours to build your website, you've not done it long enough, in my opinion. If you if your website's out there in six hours, okay, yes, you can build a good website in six hours if you're adept at it, mm-hmm. of course. Um, but if it's your first website you've ever built and you've only spent six hours on it, it's going to be rubbish. And, that, and you know, there's nothing wrong with putting that out there so long as you are aware that it's not good enough. Yes. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So that's what I like because people know that they're just going to keep adding to it and they're going to make it look better and better and just, I don't know. But, it, but then also, 
what's worse again i shouldn't be focusing on websites yeah but it it see it's the example that sprung to mind so i'll go on with it would you prefer to see a good website good not amazing just a a a website that is sufficient enough for you to go yeah i'll stay on here would you rather see that and then have a look around or would you rather see a website where you go to the home page, which looks a little bit meh, and see a under construction, more coming soon sort of stuff. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's, I there. think that the main thing is like, I mean, Lean Startup says like, you all right, you can be lean, but you've got to have something there that is yeah. an experience and it does like what it says on and the that, tin. And that's kind of what I'm trying to trying to say, I think. Cool. I think we should uh, move on from that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I sort of, I sort of, I know we're going to rewrap it up pretty soon, but like. I think a lot of actual, I think you actually mentioned it earlier. You were saying how a lot of like perfection, it comes from the ego. It comes from <laughs> you. Like how can you, I know everything. I think a lot of things, it always comes down to the ego. Cause that's yeah, what's definitely. like, like Jim Carrey said there, that's your projector. Your projector is your ego. It's the one that kind of battles against you. It's your, what Seth Godin calls like the lizard brain. And I just think like one of the best ways to sort of strip away at the ego is to stop thinking about like how, how like it's going to affect you like oh i'm going to look stupid if i put something out there that mm-hmm. isn't perfect or mm-hmm. um my friends might think i'm i don't know you're not very educated or you're not in a, like even putting out this podcast like my ego saying to me like well someone's going to judge you on what you said or what you didn't say or what you said wrong well my little rant i've just been on there are probably people going out there oh wayne's an idiot like i couldn't couldn't disagree more yeah what a moron yeah from what i've just said but yeah, but then, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. That's the ego. Like that's what the ego is going to tell you. It's always going to tell you, like, oh, that's it. We did a the podcast wasn't good, or I had a rant about something. But the other way, like the one the thing that always rips away that sort of ego is to actually focus on the opposite and say, well, actually, there might be someone out there that totally agreed with what you said, or mm-hmm. might have got one piece of knowledge from the podcast, but well, that was okay. And I think when you when you flip it on its head and stop thinking about how it affects you, like people who make music, oh, what if I look stupid, they don't like the music? What if that music changes someone's life and gets them to kind of take mm-hmm. action on something in their own life? Like, I think when you flip it and start to look at how you serve other people rather than how it might affect you, I think then it just the ego stripped away and I've got a blog post which I'll I'll also share on there and it's kind of like how you kind of when you have a low you have to kind of strip back because when you're usually feeling low about something it's because you're taking it in yourself like the ego has taken full control when you're feeling like something's not going well like it is give it you're on full flow creating every single story of why things are going wrong why you're a failure and then when you flip it on its head and you start thinking outside of yourself then you start getting that motivation back up again it's like that's why I love doing the podcast because I know that somebody might get a little bit of information. If I listened to the yeah. podcast myself, maybe a few years back, like I would have this knowledge is stuff I would have loved to know. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's all I have to say about ego really. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, should we, we've got some action steps. I think we've got a few more. I mean, we'll kind of maybe go into them a little bit, but yeah, if you want to start with some of the action steps. Yes, I will. Um, first one, <laughs> Which I think, considering what I've just ranted about, is quite ironic. First one. But again, I think it. what I was trying to say was about balance. So the first step is lower your standard. And we have actually spoken in, a, a, well, a few weeks ago, a few episodes back. Um, we did mention about raising your standards. Again, 
balance. Yeah, um, sort of. It's like you raise your standard in what, like we were saying in the episode before, is like raise your standard what you think you're worth, but then lower your standards in what you, in your expectations, probably more of others or how other people are going to perceive you, or mm-hmm. lower your standards of what, like, like you say, most people want to put out the best website probably want to put out the best website they can and then they're never going to put out the exactly and so website. but then they might not even start so putting out the one that's lower your stand and say well this will do like um mm-hmm. there's a quote by voltaire and it's like perfect is the enemy of the good mm-hmm. like it's true like good enough is good enough mm-hmm. and and uh, another quote uh, that's i can't remember who it's by but it's like frequently used is you know a good plan now is better than a great plan later Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's that same thing. If you can put out something good, and, and and I focus again on good, not perfect, not substandard, but good. If you can put out something good, you can put out something amazing later. Mm-hmm. You can turn good into amazing. It's a lot harder to turn substandard into amazing. Because you've already kind of... Because yeah. you've already done yourself a disservice. Damage, people yeah. are already going to dismiss you. Dismiss you? Dismiss you? <laughs> dismiss you and go, oh, well, he's substandard. Whereas if you put something out that's good, people then can go, oh, I see potential here. This could turn into something amazing. Therefore, I'll, I'll keep you on my radar. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably a better way of saying what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll just like delete that whole middle bit out and just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, number two is understanding that uh, waiting doesn't give you the immunity to failure and it's that kind of thing of you fail at 100% of the shots you don't take mm-hmm. um, yeah no I think <laughs> I mean, you summed that up nicely there's yeah. nothing else to say <laughs> uh, uh, number three uh, focus on the completion of a task not perfection uh, get better at like the imperfect action and as you said the quote of Voltaire perfect is the enemy of good and again I think I think the thing here is like is the word perfect itself like even there like imperfect action automatically you're thinking that sounds like it's it's damaging it's a wrong thing but so i think it's just sort of changing what the perception of what perfect means to you yeah. like I, I i like good <laughs> i do like yeah. good i think that's what we should yeah just get good at doing good yeah yeah exactly if you and if you can consistently produce good it's like when you're in a tournament and you get points for winning you get points for coming second if you're consistently at second place and then there's one person that's like got first place in one competition or one round and then fourth place in another the person at number two is going to rack up the most points because they've consistently been at number two and they're going to win the overall thing because they're consistently number two Mm -hmm. whereas people aren't always consistently number one so if you can be consistently number two I think that's oh, a good I like metaphor. That. Thank I like you. that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and an- another one which I think is really, really important, step four, is set an end date. Like, th- I think this is the most important important step out of all of it. If you say to yourself, oh, I'll put it out when it's ready, it's never going to be ready, it's never going to be put out there. If you say to yourself, I've, I'm giving myself a month to do this, you are going to hustle. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you don't want to put something out that's substandard. If you want to put something out that's consistently good, then you're going to hustle and you're going to get that done in a month. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast by, um, I think it's Amir Rosiak or something. He does the Optimal Health Show. And he was saying, like, he wanted to move to a different town. It's like saying you, saying to yourself, like, booking your ticket to London before you've sorted that, where you're living. And he did that. He basically booked, I don't know where it was, like Boulder or somewhere he was moving to. And he just booked his flight. And so his flight was in a month's time. He was like, I have to get stuff ready. Like, it's just, you've yeah. got to do it. And so I think 
people need to kind of create those sort of end dates where you just have to get it done in that time otherwise it's just never going to get done i think seth godin has a free ebook available i think it's called ship it and it's all about work it's like a mass it's a great book and you set your end date and that is a day you've got to hit it mm-hmm. but uh, yeah yeah and i think if i go back to the example i used at the start of the show where uh my production company produced a show how we've worked in the past is uh we've gone right we've decided a show we're going to get all the venues sorted do this. book the venues yeah book the venues the venues are booked the dates are set now we're going to announce it to the world that now yeah. that the venues are set these are the dates yeah then we've got to produce a show and we've got no choice because yeah. people have bought tickets <laughs> and um, that's a good way just to kind of that gets your brain thinking i have to deliver it's like when which is why we're going at the end oh if only we had two more weeks yeah yeah because the show isn't perfect, it's good, by in my estimation, anyway. <laughs> it's good. And, and a lot, of, like a lot of people as well, like they like leave. Um, it's like when you leave education, and you're kind of like, oh, I wish I kind of still studied this stuff, or I wrote. Like, it's nice to kind of write essays about stuff that you're really interested in, but in real life, you never get given the end date where you could fail your whole your your whole degree if mm-hmm. you don't get your thing your your assignment in at that time, and so people never have an end date on certain things, and so they'll mm-hmm. never just they'll just keep overhitting because. Because it's not ready yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other step, we've got a lot of steps today. Oh, no, I just steps. was just throwing loads in. Um, the other one is um, kind of what you said earlier, Gem. Uh, remember that you're building a, a story for yourself, an awesome story for yourself. Um, and, you know, it's that idea of, you know, the good stories are the human stories where it doesn't always go well. No, nobody likes like is it, look at like Disney films. Look at all. I mean, Disney films are not a great example, but think of all like folklore or all these stories you've ever heard. The person always goes through like a pain, and then they come out better on the on the other side. And that's what people need to see. Like you are building your story. Like people are gonna be really like loving it when they hear that you were like I don't know living at home with your parents till this age and you're building your business. I don't know just they're gonna be they're just finding things that people will connect with so much and relate to you on a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, let's throw in our end quote, Mr. Gem, before we wrap this up. That's right, Mr. Gem. Cheers. And the end quote is... Um, oh, actually, I, haven't, I can't remember putting this one down. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's, it's too late. I found you can't wait to become perfect. You, you've got to go out and fall down and get up with everybody else. And that's by Ray Bradbury from Something Wicked Comes... <laughs> this this way comes. <laughs> well, I said Something that terribly. Wicked this way comes. Something wicked this way comes. Yes, <sighs> that was very eloquent. What? Yeah, I did that well. <laughs> Imperfect. Well, consistently good gem is what we're aiming for. Uh, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that is all we have time for on this particular episode because uh, we set our end date. That's what we did. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, as always, if there is anything at all you want us to have a chit chat or heated debate or just general conversation about, um, then let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you've got any feedback about the show, if you want mm-hmm. to tell me to stop going on such ridiculous rants and judging people on their website, send me an email. You can yeah. email me at wayne at powerfulnonsense.com or at, you can email Jem at gem at powerfulnonsense.com and that's spelled C-E-M. Or if you prefer Twitter, which so many people do, you can tweet me at wayne underscore ingram. Or you can tweet me at C-K-Y-I-L-D-I-Z. And I'm putting it out there again, folks. These reviews... 
Yeah. Can we please have some more? It makes us feel very happy. It makes us feel a little bit closer to perfect. Yeah. Provided it's a good review. And yeah. at the moment, we are a five-star podcast. I know, I like that. Which makes me feel very perfect. And I don't want to do any photoshopping of the uh, graphic that I put on Twitter. So if <laughs> yeah, we go down to four, it just, it just won't be the same. But that's not us putting, putting pressure on you to give us a five-star review at all. But we do expect it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't, we may disown you. <laughs> um, but please, if you do enjoy the show, please leave us a, re- a review. It does so much good for getting great interviewees. Yes, that's the right word. Interviewees onto the show. Like Blessing, like English Monroe, like Mans Denton, like when Kyle you can't this, you can't I'm going to do this. it every time. It's <laughs> a great memory you've got there. I but um, yeah, I think we might It'll have. It'll get a... harder as we get more guests on when we get more reviews. Yeah, and I think we've got more interviews coming up, so yes, check them out. Definitely. They'll be coming soon. But it really does help to encourage amazing people to come and join us on the show and have a good discussion that provides you guys they, they will stop Wayne ranting they will stop him if we get someone to interview they will if you listen to the interviews I let them talk I don't rant as much he just breathes in the I background just really <laughs> loud <laughs> uh, anyway we'll yeah. I think we should uh, wrap it there yeah I think we should so leave a review we love you long time get comfortable with good being good consistently Do good, good. Good is enough. Yes, it is. See you later. Bye.